2: Welcome back to Grassroots Marketing here on cannabisrea.com And first of all, we're just going to go right into it. I'm here with the CEO of Stone Road Farms, Lex Corwin. Lex, thanks for being on.
3: Thanks for having me.
2: Absolutely. So uh, Stone Road Farms is a queer-led, family-run cannabis brand committed to harvesting and creating quality cannabis. Best buds, never shade, filler or distillate, d- distillate sprayed. You and your partner in this venture, Sabrina Willer have actually talked a lot about where it comes through. And most recently you talked about, the big distribution giant, Herbal, in California that fell and how much of an impact that takes into the market because the collapse of that company would result in basically potentially tens of millions of dollars and in invoices being remaining unpaid to brands, and California itself would lose out on millions of dollars in unpaid taxes. With the issue already across the board when it comes to how much, you know, a, a an outfit like yours is paying on a regular basis, you make the point about that and saying that, where they were about Herbal's model, cashing out products from manufacturers and cultivators, delivering the stores and collecting invoices is a really dangerous place to be in the supply chain. They were the bank of cannabis. And anyone that's seen this for a while knows you don't want to be that bank. And they were sending so much money for accounts proceeds, They weren't able to collect all those issues in a market like California, which asks for so much and charges so much for whatever you're actually growing and distributing and preferable to, to buy like they're, it's getting taxed across the board. And then this right here happens. Talk about really quickly, just the issue of, you know, the issues of the California farmer and an owner of products, really how bad things have been and how something like this really does take away what was possibly a good resource and makes things much harder.
3: Yeah. So um, yeah, just touching on herbal, that entire situation, um, you know, for people who have been on the ground long enough, uh, it was a it was a pretty um, it was pretty apparent what was going to happen. I mean, they were even calling themselves in interviews. You know, the Bank of Cannabis, and you know that's just a position you never want to be in. Um, you know, our biggest challenge in California is accounts receivable. Um, you know, we are a, a small to medium sized brand, and we have you know close to a million dollars in um, outstanding AR um you know across 215 different retailers so um you know for us you know that always appealed for you know the groups uh we we would of course love to work with a group that you know caches us that out for all the products we manufacture we know it's just not super realistic based off of um the fact that so many retailers are in a really tough spot um between taxes, um, you know, raise uh rising uh employee costs, um you know, and just generally all of the kind of never-ending regulatory hurdles that are are thrown uh, at us by the state of California.
2: And that's one of the things that I've talked quite a bit about on Blunt business on our grassroots marketing program, about how much taxes are really just taken into what there is from just you know the square footage that you have just to all the other things that go on in terms of, and it was always a question I wanted to ask where I never got a chance to go and ask about the issues of the kind of taxation that is right now. So for instance, there was a story from High Times that I had pulled and i never got to do the interview with him, but it was the city of Los Angeles that were going to offer me their environmental compliance inspector. And I prepared to outline, I never got to ask the questions, but they talked about how Some of the the proposals were being done in terms of, you know, greenlighting new retail licenses. And then, you know, looking at the amount of taxation there was, $10 per square foot for cultivators, 6% tax on gross retail receipts, 2% for tax for testing facilities, 3% tax for distribution, 4% for manufacturing and other marijuana business facilities, all these things in terms of how much is being taken out and how a firm like yours, where it's just you and Sabrina running the shop. And putting this together, lean, mean machine, but putting out, you know, sustainable, being so sustainable, being as, you know, as progressive and as environmentally friendly as you can possibly be, they're making it so hard for you. So, I mean, it's just amazing where you've been doing it like this. You you have your power, your greenhouse with on-site solar panels. You opt for natural pest control instead of synthetics. Your products are in recyclable packaging, 99% plastic free. You're doing all the right things, but there's all these it feels like penalties for doing so so much good.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, it's you. You look there's a there's a bill like AB whatever. It's sponsored by Irwin, a state senator that would basically make all plants, animals, humans, basically any marketing, um, you know, illegal for both you know Instagram, social media uh and the actual packaging and I mean if 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 Newsom signs it um you know I conservatively think about 25 to 40 percent of operators are going to go out of business um you know the only way to save on packaging is to order in volume I have a huge warehouse in Northern California of packaging all of our packaging is nature inspired uh, all the photography on the packaging features photos from the farm uh, so it's all flowers and different wildlife scenes and you know we wouldn't be able to basically use any of that so you know I'm I'm one of those brands where it's like I don't know if it would be feasible to continue operating in California if those regulations pass it would basically be we would just have to use like a blank box, you know, Um, it would be impossible for consumers to differentiate one brand from another. It would make our already extremely restrictive online marketing even more restrictive because literally everything that we post is either, you know, nature inspired product photography or models, you know, smoking our actual product. So if we weren't allowed to use either of those i i truly don't know what we would use for marketing um so i mean that's just kind of indicative of where the industry is right now you have unprecedented retailer uh insolvencies you have unprecedented distributor insolvencies uh and then the state is you know focusing on such a silly issue as you know plants and animals on legal cannabis packaging meanwhile you know this would do absolutely nothing to affect uh you know the black market because of course those brands don't give a shit either way um so you know it would be basically restricting the retailers that are only sold in licensed and licensed retailers who check you know to make sure check every single person's ID that goes in the store where in, you know, these traditional market, these black market shops, of course, they're not checking IDs. They don't care who their customer is. They could be, you know, 16 years old and, you know, they, they want the sale. And so for us, it's just another extremely short-sighted approach to an issue that's not even really an issue. Um, and it's just kind of indicative of, of how things are going in, in California. <laughs> on a whole, and I think if this bill doesn't get vetoed, it, it'll get a whole lot worse.
2: And it's unfortunate if California goes this route because of the fact that when I look at what you've done at Stone Road and when it comes to the packaging, when it comes to what you grow and how you grow it and what you've been able to do for the community around you, uh, around Nevada City, it's amazing that you would have to go ahead and look at where you've already grown you know, Stone Road into other markets. we could going to talk about that as well, where you're already now gone into oklahoma massachusetts launching uh in michigan now and then there are more markets in the pipeline including a venture into new york and where you're originally from is a uh, new york city that's all coming in, the, in down the line that's already going on right now but it's the fact of where it all started in california and there's a lot of great companies in california that are getting hurt and the detriment of what's going on here and you know you want to see if policymakers that have they brought in california to become a legal state but there have been so many more issues that continue to be detrimental and hindering and harming the market on a regular basis and you've yep. talked about that pretty extensively from the local and the state front but then we also look at the same thing where we're hoping for some kind of relief from the national front and one of the things you've also talked about quite a bit has been where the dea is being is requesting right now for the consideration of making cannabis go from schedule 1 to schedule 3 we know that one of the major Advantages of this happening, which could very well be by sometime before presidential election in twenty twenty four, that there's more than likely the opportunity this will happen. That the IRS tax code two eighty e will be no longer recognized for cannabis. Cannabis will no longer have to go in that hair to that tax code. They'll be able to go ahead and you know have write offs and be able to do things with taxes like they will do. They've never been able to do before, which would be a great help. So again, anything to go ahead and keep money coming back in of the money that you're trying to make, not to mention the illicit market. There's just so many things that are obstacles. What is it about staying the course, continuing to make the growth, Lex, you and Sabrina, and keeping Stone Road on the road to growth and getting your products out to more people?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's been um, you know, a super challenging journey um you know this far thus far but yeah we've we've seen a lot of success in california um you know growing cultivating um basically just just getting the product into as many hands as possible we've had a lot of success in launching in oklahoma massachusetts um michigan we are live on shelves now uh we are launching new mexico um this month and we have nice. new york uh early next year um, so yeah, it's, it's basically, you know, it's like, I'm so far in, uh, I kind of have to see how it all shakes out. Um, you know, my, my hope is basically to get into as many U S states as possible, uh, before it's fully made federally legal. Um, because, you know, if you look at what happens, uh, you know, if it does get moved to schedule one and all of the larger companies that are going to be able to um basically enter this space it'll be even tougher for small um you know family-owned operations to compete so for us you know just basically getting into as many retail doors in as many states as possible um you know before that happens so that you know we can hopefully be acquired and uh you know, keep the brand going just under, you know, a bigger umbrella. But, you know, I, I'm not naive. We won't be able to compete with the likes of, you know, Philip Morris or British American Tobacco. It's just, you know, these companies' sales are in the billions of dollars a year. And um, they just have, you know, it's America. It's a it's a ruthlessly capitalistic society. And, and um, you know, we... You well, know, and like also, think about
2: to what chunk of that money that these companies get that they're giving the policymakers to make sure that, you know, cannabis can only get so far. And even with cannabis only putting so much out there with well, with the help of tobacco and alcohol companies, that it's not even close to the 10, you know, 15 times, 20 times that big pharma puts out there to keep the policymakers fat and happy with what they're doing on a
3: regular basis. But Exactly. Even in the California bill, the Irwin bill, it's like the wife of, uh, or it's her husband, the the state senator who introduced the bill, you know, he's an ex-Pfizer executive. And it's like, okay, that is, you know, it's pretty abundantly clear how much big pharma has just absolutely wreaked havoc, um, you know, to the American electorate with, you know, not even like, yes, of course, the opiate crisis is a huge deal, but just generally over prescription of, of so many medications, and it's just like okay, they're you know they're trying to overregulate cannabis. Meanwhile, the real killer—it's like all these guys are are wearing suits and, like you said, writing ten million dollar lobbying checks to um you know members of the federal government. It's just it's a crooked system that we unfortunately have to to play in.
2: Agreed. Now, one of the other things I also make a point about is that there has been a lot of talk about you know interstate commerce you've made comments about that as well making the point that if we can only see that it would be massively helpful for larger legacy states california colorado oregon and washington with large supply guts and i remember governor newsom actually making the point that he would uh definitely consider interstate commerce only if it was if federal legalization came into place. so that's not that's more of a symbolic gesture than it is anything else but is there anything to where any kind of talk to them at all talked about the fact that where you have all these interconnected states, Nevada, California, Oregon, Washington, that you could go ahead and create some kind of a regional interstate commerce system. Is there any kind of stirring about that that you've heard about that at all? Because, I mean, like I said, I mean, you do so much right now in terms of creating the great, a great sustainable model that people should really go ahead and pay attention to. And I've obviously a lot of publications have talked to you about that, but what about the part of being able to get this product and get your, this message and get this model, this format out to other States?
3: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the hope. Um, You know, that's what we're currently working on now. We're working on our our deal in New York and ultimately it's like, we know there is a lot of room in the market for uh, you know, niche cannabis that people want to support smaller operators who do things uh right you know we don't use any additives we don't use you know any any ingredient that's not 100% natural in any of our products and you know i feel like there's so many cannabis brands where it's like it's all hype and it's all marketing and the actual product inside their products isn't of the highest quality and it's like we're trying to buck that trend you know, we're trying to only bring products to market that we ourselves, you know, would be happy to consume, and so we know there is a large, uh, you know, group of people out there who who think uh, the same way, and and for us, it's just about uh, finding like minded partners in other states who are willing to take a risk on a on a smaller brand uh, with a little bit more niche branding, but we ultimately know there is a you know large market you know, for for our products all across the United States.
2: Now, I make the point about interstate commerce because of the fact that, and nobody really talks so much about this, but it's a matter of where you've perfected the model of when it comes to irrigation, using underground aquifers, using only about five or six gallons of water per day to take care of the plants on that much of an acreage that you have, and doing what you do with the LED lights. Everything in this greenhouse effect and perfecting the system But then you have to replicate the system for every market you go to instead of being able to go ahead and just take what you're doing that's so quality and easily getting it shipped and and sent out state to state and go coast to coast. If you were able to go and just do that point where you could take the product from California, ship it to New York, and get it out there to the customers would be, I would imagine, would be the, the, the real windfall if you could do that. But then the cost comes in where you have to go ahead and set up shop again. Cultivation has to be done. And replicate the same exact model. Like how much difficulty is it right now to go ahead and create that same model for new states?
3: Well, you know, it is, it's impossible. Uh, You know, it's just nothing is going to grow like it's in California. I mean, between the sun and the climate and the water quality and the, the temperature swings, it's like we wouldn't be able to, even if we had the funding and the real estate to be able to replicate the the quality of product that we grow in california so that is you know one of the major exciting aspects of um you know this possible uh you know rescheduling is that if interstate commerce um basically is allowed um you know very few operators will be able to compete with us you know we have a very very low cost per pound um you know, input cost. And so most of these other markets where the climate really only allows for indoor, which has a significantly higher cost per pound uh, input cost, um, you know, to ultimately grow similar, if not less high quality cannabis, because it's not grown with a full spectrum of light, aka the sun, um, you know, they, they just simply wouldn't be able to compete. So for us, um, we think it would give a lot of small farms in California and small operators a real fighting chance in competing with these larger, you know, multi-state operators and and generally, you know, larger public corporations because, you know, we can't beat them, um, you know, uh, on distribution because on a lot of times they own their own retail, so they are vertically integrated. Uh, so we'll have to beat them on quality. And um you know if we're limited to using the the same quality products that they grow in their state um you know that'll be a much harder fight but i do think that ultimately you know we will be able to uh, be allowed to ship products um you know out of state maybe not to every state because obviously as states spend you know tens of millions of dollars setting up regulatory frameworks and building an entire cottage industry in their own state with it comes you know, tens of thousands of good paying jobs, hundreds of millions of dollars in tax revenue, they're not going to be super keen on, you know, getting flooded in by California products, which will bankrupt a lot of their, you know, local operators. So for us, um, you know, the states that can't supply their own demand, um, you know, places where they have artificially high prices for cannabis, I'm looking at uh, Illinois, New York, Florida, um you know a place like ohio those would be ripe markets you know right. uh to uh expand into
2: so let's go and direct people to the website stoneroad.org. stoneroad.org uh are uh, single joints joint packs you can roll your own the concentrates and also dried flower uh, what can you tell me really has been across the board also the packaging looks great again recyclable 99 plastic free uh talk to me when it comes to What's been really the the, the standout, whether it's the hash packs or it's the eights, what is it that really has stood out that people have really enjoyed that you see that you always have to prepare for more for uh, from the products that you have up on the website?
3: Yeah, our infused joints are are consistently one of our most popular products. And we've started to see a real shift in California and other states as people are looking for more bang for their buck. Um, You know, we're seeing larger form factors start to um you know, take hold. Uh, Our 10-pack of joints is really popular. We have a half-ounce roll-your-own pouch, which has, you know, pre-ground flour and and, uh, Stone Road-branded filter tips and papers. And so uh, it's a little roll-your-own pouch. And so for us, you know, we're really seeing a large consumer shift where people, they want the cheapest price per gram and, you know, they want to go to the dispensary less. They don't necessarily want to make a, a trip there every day or every other day. Um, So for us, building, you know, bigger products, bigger net gram products that are more competitively priced on a price per gram basis uh, has been a real winner, real winner for us. And we're starting to gravitate more of our SKU selections. We're actually redoing a lot of our packaging now. And in um, New Mexico, Michigan and California, um, we'll be moving our five packs to 10 packs Uh, with smaller joints as we've seen people increasingly want to um, buy higher SKU um, or higher unit SKUs um, that have actually smaller form factors so that's a trend that we've been keeping a close eye on
2: yeah products look great and obviously very much into quality and just you know the attention to detail the work that's done to put all these products together it's incredible so uh, one more time, go ahead and let people know where they can go ahead and find it, which states are now lining up. I know you had just said New Mexico is already now greenlit. You already have stores that are going to get operated there. You'll be soon in New York by next year. Mm-hmm. You have Michigan, and then you have a, a, you know, talk to me real quickly about where people can go and find products and where they can go ahead and find out where the, if Stone Road is where they can find out where they are to the dispensary there and them.
3: Yeah. If you are in uh, California, oklahoma massachusetts or michigan we are on our shelves in new mexico we are just launching this month so probably starting at the end of the month slash uh november um you can find us on shelves and then in new york um you can find us early next year um across the state
2: website again is stoneroad.org stoneroad.org and again been here with the ceo of stone road lex corwin lex thank you for taking time out talking to us about california and a great line of products. Thank you again.
3: Of course. Thanks for having me.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by.